live our lives. And I want you all to know that this youth pastor is preaching this message to himself this morning too. God sent us Christ, so now it's our turn to be a living sacrifice. Let's close this Impact Kids moment with prayer. We bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Dear God, help us to live our lives for you because of all that you have done for us. You are worthy of all of our glory, all the honor, and all the praise. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise for this powerful word that has been shared by our youth pastor. Thank you, Reverend C, for uh, your kindness and for the insight that you have shared with our young people. And of course, all of you who are watching us uh, as far as our uh, online services are concerned, or if you're listening to us on telephone, let me just say welcome. We thank God for each and every one of you. And of course, we are excited and delighted about what God is going to do for the time that is ours. There are several observations that I want to share with you this morning as we move forward as far as our time together. And of course, to let you all know what is coming down the pipe here at St. Paul Church. I do want to let you all know that even though we cannot... Uh, have anyone as far as in the sanctuary in mass like we normally would the work of the ministry continues to go on and we thank God for each and every one of you who have participated as far as your prayers and your generosity are concerned thanks to our food pantry who is doing a marvelous job of helping those who really need food we served over 214 families this past week 214 families and so, I, again, I continue to give major shout-out to Sister Felicia Knowles and her crew for all that they are doing to ensure those who are lacking food have something to eat. Uh, also, just want to thank each and every one of you for joining us. As far as our Quick 15 is concerned, uh, and that is our prayer call that we have on Wednesday night from 8.15 to 8.30. We invite you to join us at 8 o'clock. Join us at 8 o'clock. You can talk to people you haven't talked to in a long time. At 8.15, I come on with a devotional and with prayer. So we ask that you would join us as far as that's concerned. I am um, so joyful about what transpired here yesterday as far as the work we're doing here at the St. Paul Church. On yesterday... We had curbside fellowship and pickup, and three things happened at the same time. We had disciples to come and get their communion elements because we'll be celebrating communion on the first Sunday of September. People were able to pick up their Sunday school books, and then, of course, many of you all dropped off goods, food goods, for our food pantry. Our food pantry is almost top to the hilt as far as your kindness and your generosity is concerned. We're going to do the same thing on next Saturday from 11 to 1. Uh, we have opportunity to fellowship, see many of you all that we have not seen before, but I want to thank you. When I pulled up yesterday about 1030, there was a line literally around the block as far as the church is concerned, people waiting to receive their communion elements, to receive their Sunday school books, as well as to drop off their food as far as the food pantry is concerned. 
So when we do the fellowship, we ask that you wear your face mask. It was great to see so many of all. I miss you all. I miss you all. Let me say this again. I miss you all immensely. But as I've said before, after your salvation, uh, your safety and security are my greatest concerns. And so while we're at this particular moment, as far as this pandemic is concerned, we're one day closer to coming back in. When that's going to happen, I don't know. But until then, I want to thank each and every one of you for your kindness, your prayers, your generosity, and the grace you all have demonstrated for the time that is ours. I do want to uh, give a, a special lift as far as our Sunday morning uh, live is concerned. Many of you all got books. We ran out of books as far as our adult classes are concerned. Here's my prayer. We're going to try to get some more books in. However, if you picked up a book, I'm looking for you to be in the class. Let me say that again. If you picked up the book, looking for you to get in the class so you can join Sunday morning live as far as telephone call is concerned or going online. But if you got a book, you need to be in the class because trust me, those books aren't free. Amen, somebody. So we want you, part of your payment for your book is participation in the class. Amen. Amen. So I want to thank Reverend Brenda Richardson and her crew for that. I also want to thank our young adult ministry for leading the charge and the effort as far as our curbside food drive is concerned and give a major shout out to what they have done. I'm telling you, it was absolutely incredible uh, seeing the kindness and the generosity that St. Paul Church family demonstrated and is showing for all of those who may be going without. This is where the strong bears the infirmity of the weak. So I want to give you all a major, major shout out as far as that is concerned. Amen. Amen. We continue to be on our church sabbatical. And so uh, we're not airing live sessions for our Bible study or our Turn Up Tuesdays or our midweek Bible study. But we will be starting all of that back in, uh, in September, rather. We will be starting that in September. I want to uh, also just mention that the census date as far as the deadline has changed. September 30th will be the last day for you to fill out your census. We need for each and every person uh, to fill out the census. It's real easy. You can go online. You can mail it in. Uh, or there can be persons that can come around and gather your information. But we need to be counted. We need to be counted. We need to be counted. We need to get registered and we need to vote. So those are three takeaways that we need to do. <clears throat> Just want to let you all know that um, it's election day on November the 3rd, 2020. And here at St. Paul, we want to encourage everyone to be intentional about developing a voting plan. Uh, in North Carolina, uh, we will be having early voting. I've been in conversation with our social justice ministry who are going to be rolling out within the next couple of weeks uh, how we're going to flow here at St. Paul. But one thing I did share with them is this. We want uh, every Sunday in October, as far as early voting is concerned, to be souls to the polls. And I believe that's going to be two Sundays. So every Sunday, we want to encourage you all, after you watch us online, go vote. Go vote. We want to engage in early voting. Let me say that again. We want to engage in early voting. And we're going to be uh, uh, tracking our early voting participation here 
at St. Paul, but more information will be forthcoming. Let me just say this, and I, I, I'm, I don't want to engage in any type of partisan politics uh, because that's not the role of the church, but I do want to encourage you to vote. I, I want to encourage you to vote, and I want to encourage you to make your vote count. Let me say that again. I want to encourage you to make your vote count. I will say this. I don't want you to waste your vote. Somebody didn't catch that on the way home. It makes no sense for you to cast your vote for someone who don't have a snowball's chance of hell in winning. I didn't stutter. I just said it as plain and simple. All right? I want you to cast your vote in a very meaningful way. Okay? So, we want you to engage in early voting. I ain't telling you who to vote for. But I am saying make your vote count. Make your vote count. Make your vote count. All right? Make your vote count. Somebody's going to catch that as soon as we get off these services. Make your vote count. We need, this is a very critical election, and we need to have turnout participation to be a whole lot greater than it was in 20. 16. So please, ma'am, please, sir, make your vote count. Amen? Amen? Amen. As we move forward, one more thing I want to share with you. Again, next week, we're going to be doing the same thing as far as you being able to come pick up community elements, being able to get your Sunday school books, as well as drop off food for our food pantry. So we would love for you to join us as far as that effort is concerned. I want, to do, I want to make this caveat. If you're not able to come and pick up your elements for communion on the first Sunday, let me encourage you that if you have someone shopping for you uh, to get two things. Get unsalted crackers and grape juice. Unsalted crackers and grape juice. And you can join us as far as uh, those recommended elements as far as communion is concerned. You can get unsalted crackers and grape juice. It has a similarity very much to what we are giving you as far as the communion elements are concerned. Amen? Amen. As we move forward, as far as prayer is concerned, and I'm going to ask that um, Reverend D'Angelo Dia will come and take us to the throne of grace. School has started. School has started. And uh, we have quite a few uh, disciples who either work for the school system, teach as far as schools are concerned, or serve in, on staff positions as far as various schools are concerned. We want to lift them up in prayer. We want to lift up our students who have just completed their first week. And, of course, many of our students are going back to college. And I, I want to say to our college students that are watching us, Please, ma'am, please, sir, be careful on college campus. Many college campuses are becoming spreaders as far as COVID-19 is concerned. And, and, and you can avoid this by wearing your mask, practicing physical distancing, and staying out of places where you should not be. Yeah. Now, God knows when I was in college, I loved to go to parties, too. But that's the last thing you need to be doing right now. 
is engaging in the party frenzy that takes place on college campuses. I want you safe. I want you to live so that you can party later and not have to worry about anything happening as far as your, your, your livelihood is concerned. So we need for you to stay away from the parties right now. Party by yourself. Amen. Until we get this thing under control. Until we get this thing under control. So please, ma'am, please, sir, I got a nephew that's in college. So I am talking to his mother, uh, making sure that my nephew is acting like he got the sense he had when he grew up in my sister's house, uh, not to be engaging in frivolity at this time. These are very serious and challenging times, and, and, and we want you to be safe. We want you to be safe. We want you to be safe. So as Reverend D'Angelo comes, we want to lift up the family of Sister uh, Lillian Millian, the mother of disciple Monica Mill McMillan. Um, her arrangements are pending. We want to lift up the family of Sister Sandra Harden, the mother of Talia Harden, her services yesterday in Lexington, Kentucky. The family of Casey Johnson, the mother of Deacon James Johnson, her service was Tuesday in Morvin, North Carolina. The sister, the family of Sister Disciple Alberta Hood, uh, the family of Sister uh, Naomi McLean, the mother of Sister Chandra Watley, the family of Brother Thomas Rhodes, the family of Sister Disciple Geneva Hudson, the family of Sister Barbara Sessoms, the family of Brother Solomon Drawhorn III. We want to continue to lift those families in prayer. We also want to lift up Sister Gwendolyn Caldwell, who is in the hospital. We also want to lift up our uh, pastor emeritus uh, and his family, uh, the Reverend Dr. Paul Drummond and his wife, uh, Sister Drummond. We want to continue to lift him up in prayer as he uh, is dealing with some challenges as far as his eyesight is concerned. We love you, Dr. Drummond. We love you, Sister Thomasina. We are lifting you all up in prayer. And we want you to know that God's got you. So uh, at this time, I'm going to ask that Reverend D'Angelo Dia will take us to the throne of grace. Let us go to God in prayer. God, we come to you this morning as humbly as we know how, God, saying thank you, God. Thank you for giving us another day to attempt to get things right, knowing, God, that even when we get those things wrong, that we are still abundantly loved by you and that we still have each other, God. God, we thank you for the rising of the sun. God, we thank you for the leadership of this congregation. God, we thank you for this choir that shows up Sunday after Sunday to lead us in worship. God, we thank you for every ministry within this church, God, and for the amazing things that they're doing out in the world. God, we thank you for those that are serving on the front line, God. We thank you for those that are nurturing and cultivating with our children, God. God, we thank you for being an amazing God. God, be with those that are struggling this morning, God. Be with those that are processing the loss of loved ones, God. Wrap your loving arms around them, God. Send the right ambassador of your grace and your everlasting love, God. Be with them this morning, God. God, be with our undocumented brothers and sisters, God. Be with them as they process the day-to-day -day fear and anxiety. Be with them, God. God, be with our displaced brothers and sisters, God. Be with our homeless brothers and sisters, God. Yes, Wrap yes, your loving yes. arms around them, God. God, be with every individual that is processing how we're going to get through these COVID days, God. But remind them, God, that all power is ultimately in your hands, God. Yes, yes. God, be with those 
that are processing and wondering what to do with their votes, God. God, we thank you for the ancestors that have sacrificed their time and their energy for our God-given right to vote. God, be with those even, God, that have the audacity to say ignorant things like hashtag hold the black vote hostage. God, be with our people, God. God, wrap your loving arms around each and every child of God that is processing how we can get through these days. God, remind us of the radical and the revolutionary art of joy, God. In the midst of everything that is going on in this world, God, remind us of the laughter that we can share with each other, God. The joy that we cultivate with each other. Remind us, God, of how far you have brung us, God. We didn't come this far just to turn around, God, and for that, we say thank you, God. Thank you, God. we know you, you are God. working out a mighty miracle, a miracle that we cannot fathom with our minds or even utter with our lips, God. And for all of that, God, we say thank you. God, for the prayers that have been spoken and unspoken, God, we know that you're already working them out. Yes, In the name of your yes, majestic, yes. magnanimous, marvelous son, we pray. Amen. 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 Do me a favor. If you believe that God is answering that prayer, can you put your hands together? And can you give God praise? Come on, come on, give God praise. Amen. Thank you, Reverend D'Angelo Dia, for that powerful prayer. And as we transition to this moment of giving, we transition to this moment of giving. And there are a couple of things I want to share with you as we prepare to give. First of all, many of you all have dropped off checks or cash on yesterday as far as giving is concerned and God knows we are greatly greatly appreciative of your kindness greatly appreciative of your kindness greatly appreciative of your kindness so thank you if you're watching us and you have lost your job you've been furloughed you don't have any significant income that is coming in at this time I'm not expecting for you to give if you so desire to give you give out of your poverty out of your sense of lack God will bless you but I'm not expecting that we're not asking you to do that for those whom the Lord has allowed to still have a job to have some income coming in I'm asking that if you would stretch your generosity this is where the strong bears the infirmities of the weak this is where your giving goes to help out as far as benevolence is concerned food pantry as well as the upkeep of ministry here at the St. Paul Church. As we prepare to give, there are three ways you can give here at St. Paul. The first one is by putting your check or cash in an envelope, and you can mail it to the church, 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28205, or you can call the church and drop your offering off. And if you do that, call the church to make sure someone is here to receive your offering. The second way you can give is through our website. Click on the giving tab and follow the prompts, and you can give in that manner. The third way you can give is, of course, through the app called Givelify. If you don't have that app on your, your smart device, download it. Search for St. Paul, Charlotte, North Carolina. You ought to see this beautiful sanctuary. You know you have the right St. Paul. So you can give as far as that's concerned. Now, before we give, I want to just make one other announcement. Next Sunday and the following week, we will have revival. So I want to, if I could, if you believe in going beyond just regular tithes and offerings, you believe in sowing, you believe in 
the miraculous ability to sow and that God will bless you supernaturally. I want to ask you to join me as far as giving for our homecoming $100 above your tithes and offerings on next Sunday. Giving above your tithes and offerings $100 on next Sunday. This is what we call in the Bible sowing and reaping. This is you sowing a seed. It's biblical. It's not anything made up. But you don't sow a seed trying to get a blessing. You do it because you know you're already blessed. But there's also something to be said about sowing and reaping. You sow little, you reap little, you sow much, you reap much. I am a living testimony to giving biblically, and I'm a living testimony to sowing and trusting God. And so as we prepare to give, I want to encourage you, join your pastor. I would never ask you to do anything I'm not doing. Join your pastor next week as far as giving $100 above our tithes and offerings as far as homecoming is concerned. Now, somebody's saying, well, what are we going to do with the money? The work of the ministry still goes on. And we want you to support the efforts that we're doing here. We may not be in the church physically, but a lot of things that we do basically need income and finances to make it work. And so for those that are giving and for those that continue to give, I thank God for you. For those who want to question giving, my prayers, the Lord will continue to work with you. God can handle your questions. And, I, and those that don't have the ability to give, we don't expect for you to give because you lost your job. But if you do give out of your lack, God has a significant blessing for you. So if you would take your offering right now, put it in your right hand because we want to give God what's right, not what's left. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come and we thank you for those who have partnered with you as far as giving of their tithes and offerings. We pray right now, God, that you will take these gifts of ours, that you will bless them in a Godful way. Stretch them, oh God. Bless them according to their faith. Let these gifts be used for the work we're doing in your name through the St. Paul Baptist Church. Continue to show yourself mighty strong and faithful, oh God because of what we do when it comes to our giving. It is in the name of Jesus we pray and in his name we claim it done. Let every heart that truly believes say amen. Go ahead and let's give and our adult praise team is going to come and bless us with Simonic Selection and pray for your pastors. We sense and see what the Lord's going to do in this next series, sermon and series that we're doing.
brought you off. Said you wouldn't mount to nothing. I used to hear you wouldn't have enough sense to ride on the back of a garbage truck, but my God saw something. Forgave me when I did what I wanted to do. Thank you to our adult praise team for uh, reminding us of the God we serve. Uh, absolutely amazing. And that kind of flows with what we want to do sonically as far as this time is concerned. I want to call your attention to Psalm 139 verses 13 through 18. And these words are printed in the King James Version of the Word of God. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed and in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O oh God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. I want to preach for the time that is mine, divine intentions. Divine intentions. I want to make this theological assertion. A lot of us cannot be conscious about who we are, how we got here, and why we exist, apart from appreciating, adoring, and acknowledging God. Our very life and existence are empty of meaning and significance without a connection to the God of the universe. The psalmist puts it best in Psalm 8, verse 5, What is man that you are mindful of him, 
and the son of man that you should visit him for you have made him a little lower than angels and have crowned him with glory and honor. That particular verse of Psalm 8 serves as a reminder how each and every one of us have been created in the image and likeness of God with the capacity of agency. What does that mean? This means that you and I have been created by the sovereign God who is so secure and so sure in his godness until God grants humanity the power and freedom of choice. The freedom of choice gives you and me the ability to accept or reject the sovereign God. It gives us the capacity to say either yes or no to Jesus. And yet our acceptance or rejection of God does not stop God from being God. However, it does have implications for how we will live in this reality as well as face the ultimate reality, which is eternity. God wants each and every one of us to understand how all of us have a speck of divinity within. We all have been created in the very image and likeness of God to the point that you and I have a say in our own existence. What do you mean by that, Pastor? God did not create you and me to be dangling robots or puppets dancing to the tone and tune of fatalism. Basically just saying what's going to be is going to be and there's nothing I can do to change that. That's not how God created us to live our lives. But I will say that God has a pre-designed, pre-ordained, and predetermined outcome for us based upon the choices that we make. In other words, there's this thing that is called God's sovereignty and human responsibility, which basically means that God gives us say-so in how you and I live our lives, but there are some things that will happen based upon the choices that we make. Now, here is the inherent problem with the choices that we make. We make our choices based upon limited information. We base our choices upon what we think we know, and unfortunately, what we do know is very finite. Even when we know more than what was previously known. In other words, in 2020, we are more aware of some things, scientifically, technologically, and medically, than our ancestors and our foreparents were aware of, but yet even what we know right now, when it comes to the mind of God, is very limited. And so our limited understanding has impact upon our choices and upon our behaviors. This is why God is God and we are who we are. In other words, God is divine, we are human. God is infinite, we are finite. God is eternal, we are transient. God is limitless, we are limited. God is creator, we are the created. 
God is omnipotent and we are rather impotent. There has to be a correction of false assumptions we have, which makes us think more highly of ourselves than we ought. Thanks to science and technology and medical advancements and economic achievements, space explorations, artificial intelligence, and psychological understanding, and biological enhancements, where humanity can manipulate DNA, cells, and tissues in a lab, we can never compete with God when it comes to creation. When you and I examine the reality of creation and the formation of our humanity, we have to conclude there is a God. Ever since God said, let there be light, and the expansion of the universe took off nearly 14 billion years ago, the highlight of God's divine creative genius has been human beings. Even when, according to the scriptures, Adam and Eve disobeyed God and marred humanity with what theologians call the fall, it did not stop God's intentions to be in relationship with us. Now we are living in a time of space where the forces of race, gender, ethnicity, culture, social status, sexual preference, and lifestyle have become major identification markers to the point where those things carry greater significance than who we are in God. The very essence of our humanity has become so corrupted by sin until we allow for the external to define that which has been given by the eternal. Despite sin and what sin has done to the creation of God, it does not preclude God from wanting to be in relationship with folks like you and me. It did not stop God from engaging in the continuous forming, designing, and creating each and every one of us in God's likeness and God's image, even though the likeness and image of God has been marred by sin. Aren't you glad that God is intentional when it comes to our humanity? Aren't you glad that God is intentional when it comes to our personhood? In other words, God is very purposeful when it comes to our everyday living. Your being here is not a coincidence, it's providence. And this is what fuels David's song of praise in the verses I've shared with you at this moment. David is kingly aware of what we call God's omniscience. This is the all-knowing capacity of God. David starts off this session of the psalm with the firm acknowledge of God's biological creative genius. Unmatched and unrivaled by anything and anyone, David lays out the creative capacity of God when it comes to our humanity. Our existence has not been left to chance. Rather, we have been divinely 
and omnisciently orchestrated in the very mind of God to be alive right now. God is very much aware of all that we face. God knows about every worry we have, every fear we have, every pain we have, every trouble we have, every tear we have, every problem we have, every need we have, every heartache we have, every heartbreak we have, every secret we have, every thought we have, every strength we have, every weakness we have, every issue we have, every idiosyncrasy we have, every word we have, every deed we have, every enemy we have, and every friend we have. David reminds us how the very mind of God is focused on you and me. David says with blessed assurance, because David knows something about the God who has plans for our life. Remember, it was God who wanted David to become the second king of Israel. David knew how God had taken care of David as he watched his father's sheep on the back 40 in relative obscurity. David even acknowledged how God had written all of David's activities and deeds within God's record that we like to call the book of life. David is blown away by what God thinks about him. This song, this psalm is appropriate for you and me as well. When you and I take a survey of where we have been and where we are right now and the trajectory to where we can be, you got to be mindful of divine intentions for your life. How does God's intentions, how are these divine intentions give meaning as far as our existence is concerned? First, like David, you and I are not an accident. This is seen in verses 13 through 14 because David wants to inform us that our birth is not a mistake or a mishap. Your parents may not have planned for you to be here, but God did. David says to God how he was brought into existence while being covered in his mother's womb. Isn't it amazing how God has given human formation? It takes a sperm from a man and an egg from a woman to make a connection and become fertilized. Let me say that again because this is, my brothers and sisters, one of the purposes of male and female. It takes a sperm from the male and an egg from the female to come together and create life. And it is through the process of mitosis and meiosis, which develops a zygote, which becomes an embryo, which develops into a fetus, which becomes a growing baby in the womb of its mother. And God is aware of all the changes that you and your mother go through just to get you here and to help you be alive. Well, 
It is not by faith. It is not by chance. It is not by luck. And Christians should never use the word karma or coincidence that you are here and breathing at this very moment. That stuff should not be part of our language. We are here because God intended for us to be here even when nobody else wanted us here. Regardless of whether you were an orphan, regardless of whether you grew up in a single parent household, regardless of whether you were adopted by strangers, or if you had your biological father and mother in the house, God wanted you here. God has a plan for your life which ought to elicit a praise to our God for your existence. You, my beloved, are not an accident. You can offer God praise because you're here with purpose and meaning and breath. Your life may not be all that you'd like for it to be based upon some choices you have made, but you are here because God wants you to be here. You're not here by happenstance, but you're here by the will of God. That ought to be a shout in your spirit right now. Look at this musical riff that is escalating because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That means that God is distinct in framing who you are. Even if you are a twin are part of a multiple set like triplets or even sextuplets, there is something distinctive and different about you. There's something distinctive about your fingerprint. There's something different about your DNA. There's something unique about your thought process, your wants, and your desires. There is nothing left to chance when God made you and when God made me. And yet, even what some folks may call a defect or a deformity, God can use it to get glory. In other words... When you get to the bare essence of your humanity, of who you are, all of us, the best and the worst, are walking contradiction of saint and sinner who have been fearfully and wonderfully made by the sovereign God. It is this God who makes sure when we make a commitment to the will of God that there is nothing we face in our lives, that there is nothing we go through in this life that becomes wasted. With our messed up, depraved, deprived, sinful selves, David declares God's works are marvelous. And here is why the work of God is marvelous. When God formed us in our mother's womb, that was the start, but it wasn't the end. When we were born, there was more to come. And as we go through the various stages of development, from infancy to toddler to childhood, adolescent, young adult, middle age, and elder state, it shows how God is not through with us yet. If you are alive, if you are breathing, if the blood is running warm in your veins, you ought to give God praise because God is still doing great things in your life and you have to shout that God is not through with you yet. But there's something else as we flow in this text. It's this, that not only are we not an accident, but divine intentions means that God has a 
purpose for our life. Now, now this blesses me because we pick up on this thought, this train of thought thinking in verses 15 through 16. David highlights the mere fact of how God is the superintendent of his life. This flow, these lyrics, these musical notes informs us how God is all-knowing about every aspect of our being. According to David, his body was known to God even before David was born. God was aware of the very moment David was formed. God was aware of David's movement in his mother's womb. Every kick, every turn, every breath, every movement was tracked by Jehovah. God was weaving and knitting David's body and spirit, mind and heart. God was weaving and knitting David's flesh and muscles and nerves and tissues and systems and sinew. God was weaving and forming David's consciousness and mind and psyche in his mother's womb. And he was doing it in such a way while at the same time recording every detail in the book of life where every word and every deed and every thought and every action is recorded and yet this is how God pulls us together every fiber of our being is known by the infinite God but because of the impact of sin God even knows how to get glory through our suffering and our shortcoming. Uh -huh. Despite our shortcomings and shame, our sicknesses and our sufferings, our problems, our pains, our troubles, our trials and tribulation, God can divinely pull these things together for our good and for God's glory. This means that God does not waste anything we go through in our lives. In other words, your pain ultimately will give you power. Your struggle ultimately becomes a source of your strength. Your trouble turns to tenacity and your tears become a byproduct of your testimony. God does not allow for the negative, crazy, silly, stupid decisions we make to be wasted as far as our lives are concerned. This is the kind of God that we serve. God is able to bring something good out of our bag. God knows how to pull us together as well as put us together. Isn't it amazing that God can do things we think don't look so good and make it work for our good and get glory out of it? I've held y'all too long. Let me say one more thing, and then I'm done. And here's what shouts me. We're always on God's mind. Ah, oh, let me say that again. We're always on God's mind. Let me hear you understand what I just dropped on you. David realizes how intricate the details that God knows about David to the point that David is in awe. In the preceding verses, in the verses that have come before, it's what causes David to conclude he has to be on God's mind. In other words, 
when nobody else is thinking about you. God has you on God's mind. From verses 1 through verse 16, there has been a build-up demonstrating the omniscience, omnipresence, and omnipotence of our God. David testifies how God knows everything about David, and God knows stuff about David that David does not know about himself. To the point, before David says a word, God knew it. When it comes to the omnipresence of God, David concludes there's nowhere he can go and escape the Spirit of God. When it comes to the omnipotence of God, David is in awe how God is able to put together every minute detail in his life. And there is a sense of God having David on his mind. Let me suggest, my brothers and sisters, that you and I are on God's mind as well. God does not create us and then leave us to our own devices. God has power over creation and God has power over us. God thinks about each and every one of us moment by moment, minute by minute, second by second, nanosecond by nanosecond. Every breath you take is monitored by God. The blood running warm in your vein is observed by God. Every pain you feel is notated by God. There's so much going on inside of you that others may not know about, but I'm here to let you know God knows all about it. And God is thinking precious thoughts about you. Precious thoughts. Worthy thoughts. Innumerable thoughts. Check this out. There are billions of prayers ascending to the throne room of God at the same time and God is so sovereign and so omniscient and so awesome that God does not confuse any of our prayers God does not get your prayer request mixed up with my need God does not get my wants confused with your desires God has for you what is for you and God has for me what is for me. God's original intention, God's divine intention was for us to be with God forever and ever. However, the disobedience of Adam and Eve in the garden messed that up. But what was considered to be perfect got jacked up in the garden. Adam, the first man, messed us up. We were made to be immortal. We were made to have uninhibited fellowship with God in all of God's glory. But sin came into the picture and messed all of that up. The imagial day, the image of God became distorted but not destroyed. This is why God is constantly pursuing us. Because God sees the reflection of God's self in us. And God can look through the distortion and through the disfigurement and see the very essence 
of who we should be. But that does not stop God from chasing after us and pursuing us. And it does not stop God just because we have been distorted because of sin. It, it reminds me of a story in a remote Swiss village where there was this beautiful church. The church was so beautiful, in fact, that it was known as Mountain Valley Cathedral. The church was not only beautiful to look at with its high pillars and magnificent stained glass windows, but it had one of the most beautiful pipe organs in the whole region. I love to hear music on a real pipe organ. People would come from miles away from far off lands to hear the lovely tones of this organ. But there was a problem. Something had gone wrong with the pipe organ. Musicians and experts from all around the world tried to repair it. Every time a new person would try to fix it, the villagers were subjected to sounds of dissonance and disharmony. Awful, penetrating noises which polluted the Swiss air. One day, an old man appeared at the church door. And this old man spoke to the janitor. And after a time, the janitor reluctantly agreed to let the old man try his hand at repairing the organ. For two days, the old man worked in almost total silence. The janitor was getting a bit nervous. Then, on the third day, at high noon, the mountain valley was once again filled with glorious music. Farmers dropped their plows. Merchants closed up their shops. Everyone in town stopped what they were doing and headed down to that church. Even the bushes and the trees of the mountaintops seemed to respond as the glorious music echoed from ridge to ridge. After the old man finished playing the organ, a brave soul asked him, how was he able to fix that organ? How was he able to restore this magnificent instrument even when the experts from all around the world could not. The old man merely said, it's an inside job. And this is his quote. I was the one who built the organ 50 years ago. I created it and now I have restored it. I'm just trying to let somebody know that's what God is like when it comes to the essence of our humanity. God who created the universe, who flung the stars against the black canvas of the universe, uh, is the same God that created you and I. And if God created you and me and sin messed us up, then God can restore us. And, 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 and I'm done now, but I need to let somebody know that's the purpose of Jesus Christ. Jesus came to fix that which sin had messed up. Uh, Jesus came uh, to restore that which sin uh, had marred, uh, to 
to be honest, who else would better know how to repair the relationship between us and God better than the one who made us in the first place? Because you got to remember in Genesis 1.26 when uh, the Bible says uh, that God said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. Uh, and the Bible says that male and female were created in the image and likeness of God. And so God came to the conclusion that if man, if woman are going to be restored, then I'm going to have to go down and do it myself. And so God came in the flesh and dwelt among us in a tenement of clay to show us how to live as the best human beings. I'm glad that God came down to the planet Earth and lived a perfect life to make us right with him. I'm glad that Jesus came that we may have life and have life more abundantly. Good morning, St. Paul. May the Lord bless you real good. But I stopped by to let you know that I got to give God a praise because I'm glad that I serve a God who always has me on God's mind. This is what God thinks of you. This is what God thinks of me. God stands with us. God shows us mercy. God gives us grace. God provides for us. God fights for us. God made us. God forgives us. God heals us. God helps us. God frees us. God loves us. And if I tried to count all the ways that God has shown toward us, it would be like trying to count the stars in the sky. It would be like trying to number the grain of sand on the beach. If I had 10,000 tongues, I couldn't thank God enough. But I want to thank God anyhow for all that God has done. I'll see you all live stream next week. But do I have anybody that's live streaming us do I have anybody in the sanctuary right now that ain't afraid to tell God thank you for all that God has done I feel like giving God a praise because of all that God has done can I praise God the way that I feel I know I shouldn't feel this way because I church full of folks in the house right now but when I think of God Almighty about all that God has done I can't help but to give God praise I praise God for unspeakable joy I praise God for immeasurable love I praise God for unblameable judgment truth. I praise God for in the 
unexplainable grace. I praise God for unexplainable forgiveness. I praise God for undeniable faithfulness. I praise God for undefeatable purpose. I praise God for unmistakable presence.
And, and I want you to understand <laughs> that God ain't going to make you have a relationship with him. He gives you the agency of choice. He saw the best in you. <laughs> Even at your worst. But here's the deal. God will not bring out that best unless God is connected to you. Let me say that again. God will not bring out that best unless God is connected to you. Well, how, how, how can I get connected to God? It's, it's real easy. Get Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Put your faith, your confidence in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He's the connector, the mediator between a sinful humanity and a sovereign God. And if you put your faith, your trust, your confidence in Jesus, God will start bringing out the best in you. I'm a living witness. Could have been doing a whole lot of things, and and even, watch this, even in my living for God, there are times I still mess up, fall short, don't dot every I, no cross every T, but God has declared me to be a work in progress. And that's what he wants you to understand, you're a work in progress. But that process starts when you confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Here, here, here's what I want you to understand. Agnostic, atheist, saint, sinner, all of us are created in the image and likeness of God. But the image and likeness does not come to fruition until we connect with God through Jesus Christ. I want to lead you in that connection. If you're watching us live stream, online, listen to us on the phone call, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. It's a prayer of a new life, prayer of a new start, prayer of placing your faith in Jesus Christ. And if you pray this prayer, you mean this prayer, salvation is yours. You start the process. Is it really going to be that easy? Yeah, if you mean it in your head and your heart, you mean it in your mind and your spirit, and then you submit yourself to growing, to developing, to becoming. That's how you, on this track called discipleship, become what God wants you to be. So if you would do me this favor, bow your heads, repeat this prayer after me. God, I want you to bring out the best in me. I come to you right now and I believe you sent Jesus Christ to die for my sins. I confess Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I want Jesus in my life. I've done wrong. Forgive me of my sins. Send your spirit into my life so I can live for you. I thank you for the gift of eternal life.
I thank you for salvation. Now, God, make me over again. It's in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Hear me, hear me well. If you prayed that prayer, you meant that prayer, that's a prayer of salvation, a prayer of new life, a prayer of a brand new start. If you meant that prayer in your head and your heart, you're saved. Is it really that easy? Yeah, because you can't get saved by works. You can't get saved by coming to church. You can't be, get saved just by reading your Bible. God knows and confess Jesus Christ, Lord, and say, you meant that salvation is yours. It is based upon grace and placing your faith in God through Jesus Christ. But God doesn't want you to just be satisfied with getting saved. He wants you to grow, to develop. And your growth and your development takes place within the context of the word of God and among the people of God to minister to the world, God. In other words, God, through Jesus Christ, created the church to be such an instrument. With all of our perfect imperfections and shortcomings, the church is the best thing that God has going in creation in this broken world. I want to invite you to become a part of the St. Paul Church. I would love to be your pastor. All of these people online would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. And we are receiving people online. If you want to become a part of the church, if you want to confess your faith in Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, do me this favor. Type in either salvation or connect. If you're watching us, as far as Facebook is concerned, please type in salvation or connect. One of our digital ministers will get in touch with you, let you know what the next steps are, or you can email us at connect at spbcnc.org. If you are on the phone, call the church office or either send an email to connect at sbbcnc.org. Let us know that you either want to join the church or you want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. We'll let you know what next steps are. If you call us, if you email us, if you get in touch with us online in less than 24 hours, by 5 o'clock tomorrow, somebody from our ministry will have called you to let you know what you need to do next. Okay? If you want to join us by watch care, which means you're not going to be here for a long time, you're in the city temporarily, but you just want to have a place where you can hang out and connect, we invite you to do that as well. And even if you don't live in the Charlotte area and you want to be a part of our ministry, you want to connect with us, you can do that as well. Amen. We're discovering that this mean of virtual church has allowed for our boundaries to be expanded beyond the Charlotte-Mecklenburg area. We have people that are connecting with us in Mississippi and Arizona and Illinois and Pennsylvania and New York. We would love for you to join us as far as that is concerned. Amen. Well, my prayer is that you understand God has wonderful intentions for your life. And I use the word intention because a lot of us miss out on what God would have for us to do based upon the choices that we make. You have a choice in how you want God to move in your reality. Well, listen, we're getting ready to go. I want to invite you to join us this Wednesday for our Quick 15 Next Sunday will be our 
church homecoming and I'm looking forward to those of you to join us in the sacrificial sowing as far as the offering is concerned of $100 above your tithes and offerings on that next week. All right. But listen, we get ready to get out of here. We hope that this sermon has blessed you. It's been a joy to have been with you online. Let's go to the Lord and close out with a benediction. God, we thank you for what our eyes have seen, our ears have heard, our spirits have experienced in this place. Thank you, God, for scripture read. Thank you, God, for impact moment. Thank you, God, for prayers rendered. Thank you, God, for songs that are giving in adoration to you. We pray this word will take root and that it will empower people to move forward throughout the rest of this week. And now to him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with all exceeded joy. To the only wise God, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. I love you. God loves you more. I miss you all immensely. Practice social distancing. Wear your mask. Wash your hands and sanitize your hands as well. We are one day closer to coming back in, but when that will happen, I don't know. But until then, continue to join us on our platform. God loves you and so do I. Take care. God bless. for his presence. I thank God for his power.